It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to Locked On Seminoles. We are on YouTube, so I can't brush my hands in front of the camera anymore. It completely blocks my face out, and I just realized that. If you haven't checked out YouTube yet, make sure you do it. We are 70 subscribers strong now. I know that doesn't sound like a lot, but five weeks ago, we were at zero. So, big turnaround, just like this Florida State team. And tonight, well, we're going to look back. I was thinking about it, and I thought, hey, we're four and six. We got two games left. If we win both, we make a bowl game, and we'll have beaten Florida in the swamp to do so. So, if that happens, there's no way we're going to be able to be objective about how this season went. We'll be too excited. And if, knock on wood, we lose on Saturday and our bull hopes are completely dashed headed into Florida, well, we're not going to be able to be objective about this season. So Drake and I thought, hey, it's Wednesday. Y'all are riding with us. We're riding with you. Let's look back at this season and say, going into these last two games, while our bull hopes are in a Schrodinger's cat type state, the box is closed. Let's see how it goes. So Drake, let's roll that film. And then let's look back on the 2021 season. You are Locked On Seminoles, your daily podcast on the Florida State Seminoles. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Yeah, so let's do it, folks. Let's look back at 2021. But, Drake, before we do that, and we say how the team is doing, how are you doing, man? You got your 10 Hana hoodie on? Looks good. Ah, thanks, man. I just got back from the gym, did a little bit of boulders, you know, a little bit of shoulders, you know, for uh, for the fam, for myself. Also, just want to uh, wish my dad a happy birthday today. It's his birthday. I know he's listening to the episode right now. Dad, I'm nice. excited. Super stoked to take you out dinner tonight. So, we'll be doing that later today. But first, let us discuss how, what? 819. You're like, oh, we're going to, oh, you mean tomorrow? I was like, man, you are in South Florida. If it's 819, you just sat down to record. You're like, can't wait to take you to dinner tonight. I'm like, oh, you guys got the old Miami 1030 reservation? Ah, uh, yeah, you know what it is, man. You yeah, know, the yeah, siesta, if you will. Of course, man. Of course. Although I will say a Spaniard by the name of Jose Ramon explained to me when I was over there how to properly take a siesta. If anyone's curious, here's how you're supposed to do it according to a true Spaniard. You get an espresso or a Cuban coffee, you lay down. Or like recline, get in a laying position. You drink it very quickly and you close your eyes. Your tiredness will knock you out and then the caffeine will kick you back up after 30, 40 minutes and you'll be ready to rock and roll with the rest of the day. So anyway, with that out of the way, we're just teaching people things. Happy birthday, Mr. Silva, phenomenal supporter of the show. All the Silvas are really and it's it's great to have you all here. If you're a new supporter of the show and you're thinking who the heck are these guys telling me? about how Florida State did this year. Well, we're locked on Seminoles. I'm Max, that's Drake. And every single day, five days a week, we talk about the Florida State Seminoles. We try to give you some perspective. We try to give you some insight. And, well, we just love spending the day with y'all. So thanks for listening. All of you have been here all season. And what a season it has been. Drake, just, let's not, I don't, we'll go in some sequential order in a moment, but just looking back, what's the first thing that jumps out? Bizarre. Yeah, that's a good I, one. I think it's a really, really odd season, basically. I mean, the Jacksonville State loss obviously is one, starting out 0-4 was for the first time since 1976. Sorry, yeah, 76. Beating UNC, even though I had it coming into the year, a lot of people didn't have that, and then take, beating up a Miami team that actually was rolling at the time, and now 
being on a verge of potentially going to a bowl. As of right now, it's a very, it's a weird, weird year. And I think it's exemplary. I think it's like a microcosm of how college football as a whole has been weird across the year for everybody else. Seriously, it has. And, you know, I think some of that is difficulty of evaluation with the cancellations last year and all the restrictions. Maybe people misranked teams, but we've seen a historic number of ranked teams lose, a historic number of top 10 teams lose. And it's been no different in the ACC. It's, you know, Drake, it's not just that the, we as a team have gone, you know, bing, 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 roller coaster. The teams we've played have done that. I mean, we beat UNC five weeks ago, right? Four weeks ago. Yeah, five, because we had a bye week. And it was like, we're going to kill this Miami team. I mean, we are going to just, it's going to be utter domination. Then three weeks later, here's Tyler Van Dyke out of nowhere. And it's like, oh man, if Knighton gets hot and Van Dyke hits Rambo on a couple, we're screwed because we just lost, not embarrassingly, but not competitively to NC State, who Miami beat. And it's like, oh wait, no, we got Travis back. Oh wait, okay, Ja'Kai Douglas, who literally I've, I'm not looking at stats, maybe had two catches all year, bust out on the biggest play ever. And Jordan Travis, who, as much as I stand for the guy, is not a pocket passer, all of a sudden looks like Peyton Manning out there on 4th and 14. And Andrew Parchment, who, by all accounts, I say this with love, Andrew, I know you're listening, was probably your biggest bust of all the transfers, just stands as tall as one could possibly stand in that moment. And again, like you said, it's just, what a microcosm of this season. I mean, would you have thought in the moment losing to Jacksonville State? And I know you called UNC before the season, but in that moment, if I'd be like, don't worry, we're going to beat UNC and Miami, you'd be like, are you high? Like, what's wrong with you? Are you crazy? The, the UNC one, no, because like I said, Something just never meant to be. Mac Brown is a seminal through and through till the day he dies. He makes sure that his alma mater gets the dub, rain or shine. But yeah, that would have been my only winner for the for the year. <laughs> it would have been one in eleven, right. honestly. At that point, that was. I don't even know a proper word to describe it other than absolutely pathetic and abysmal feeling. That instant reaction. I that was the first one we did actually during the season that I had to do. I was beside myself. That was just a that was a dark dark day, Max. It was so dark. And now we have a Boston College team that three weeks ago I would have told you we were going to stomp and Phil Dracovic is back. So bizarre is a great one. For me, my word association that takes me to a larger thought, it's been a competitive season. And again, I, I'm i not giving out cookies for trying. We're not giving out participation ribbons or anything like that. But there have only been... I'm not going to count NC State because of the flu situation. We all... We've been over that a hundred times. There's really only been one game, in my opinion, we weren't competitive in, and that was the Wake Forest game. Uh, You caught Wake Forest when you were literally at the lowest point in possibly program history in what will go down, because even if they lose their last two, it'll go down as probably the best season Wake Forest has ever played. That It sucks. Like they, They were doing this, we're doing this. Other than that, I mean... You know, this team has, I, I let me put it this way. I haven't turned a game off in the third quarter this year. And I, how many games did you watch the fourth quarter of last year? Two? All of them. The three? Well, okay. Fair. How many games did you want to watch the fourth quarter of oh, last none, year? Oh, none. 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 See, that's the better question because 
Louisville, I was beside myself. And State, I was beside myself. Pitt, literally, I think, crushed my soul in that the afternoon. Hurt. That, oh, hurt that hurt so bad, especially knowing that Kenny Pickett literally came in on a bum ankle. Oh, God. And then the Miami game. You were We were together for the Miami game. That was I like miserable. To, I like to block that one out. That's fair. That, Mike That's Norvell. Fair. Hey, Mike Norvell has never been on the sidelines and lost to Miami. Fair so point. So we can say that with... Uh, with pride, but yeah, I think it was a bizarre and competitive season. I want to get into some uh, some individual player performances, though, and give out some MVP awards. But first, I want to thank our friends over at Prize Picks. Prize Picks, guys, it's a spin on daily fantasy. Uh, it's it's a lot of fun. Look, I love Prize Picks. You go to the App Store, you download Prize Picks, and when you fire it up, you put a hundred bucks in and you use the promo code Locked On. They'll match that hundred bucks. Now you got two hundred dollars to play with. What you're going to do is you're going to draft a lineup of three to five players. Each of those players will have a statistical proposition. So it'll say, do you think Jordan Travis is going to throw for more or less than 150 yards? If you think he's going to throw for more and you select more and he does, well, that one went, you know, that's a check mark on your list. If three of your five win and you're right about three of five, you get a return on your entry and you can pick how much your entry is. Uh, if four of your five are right, you get a bigger return on your entry. And if all five years are right, you get like a 10 or maybe it's even a 12 to one return on your entry. So you put in 20 bucks, you're getting 200, 240 bucks to go out to the bar and celebrate your big win that night. So go to the app store, go to the Google play store, download prize picks and use promo code locked on. The NCAA tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day. All right, Drake, now that I've told the people how they can make some money off of individual players, let's talk about our individual players' performances this year. We're going to start with offense. We're going to go to defense. And we've got four awards to hand out for each don't worry, I'll give them back to you one by one, but I'll set the table first. I'm going to get your MVP of the skill positions, including quarterbacks. You're going to have some tough decisions to make there. I want your MVP in the trenches, and then I want your newcomer of the year. Like, it doesn't have to be rookie of the year. It can be someone that maybe just saw significantly more action this year than last year. Up to you there. And then I'm going to want your unsung hero, someone that you feel like maybe didn't get the recognition they were due this year or, and I don't mean just spoiler alert, like not like a Jordan Travis because some people badmouthed it, but someone you really feel like, Hey, I, I think he shined and maybe was overshadowed by the rest of the offense. So let's start with your skill position MVP. Who gets that award for you? I'm not going to say Jordan Travis. I'm going to say that for you. Cause I know that's going to be your guy. I'm actually going to go with Jay Sean Corbin. Uh, Agent Zero has been a man, a man to be reckoned with all season long. I think that he has developed into a player that, quite frankly, is going to be playing on Sundays, even though we're, I'm hearing some rumors that he actually might be coming back for another year, which will actually be huge for a running back room. But he's definitely someone they see. He finally has his gear back, like you were saying, in the offseason. Uh, he's got the home run ability. He makes people miss. He has great, great vision back there. And he's a great supplementary back to Treshawn Ward. And now we see DJ Williams also being played up into the fold. And he's also... He makes Jordan Travis's life as easy as Jordan Travis makes his life, you know, as well. Basically, they now you have to worry about both of them. And like going into last year, 
We didn't know what we had with Jason Corbin. He kind of started coming out a little bit. You saw with the Duke game, but then you saw from Notre Dame onwards that he is the real deal. So give me agent zero, Jason Corbin. Yeah, man. I, look, I'm not an NFL scout. So if you're watching on YouTube, maybe hit us with a comment. If you are, and you, you know, the answer to this question, I don't know what Jason Corbin has left to prove. I know stats and metrics, some agree, some disagree. I subscribe to the mileage theory for running backs. I think he goes should go and get his money now, but I would love to have him back. My offensive skill position MVP uh, is Jordan Travis, just because I think that, you know, now he's he's sort of the solidified starter, but we forget how much he battled through, you know, injury in camp, um, really got banged up, and, and he's taken so much... Uh, so much work just to get where he is. And it's cool to finally see him almost having the reward and, and the payoff for that. And now uh, he's selling dope hoodies, by the way, you see that online. He's, no, he's just dropped, he's, he's dropped new merch. Jordan Travis 13.com. He's not sponsored, but they're pretty dope. Actually. I'm going to get one, man. Um, what about, all right. In the trenches, who's your in the trenches, uh, who's your in the trenches MVP for the season? Oh, you know, it's our favorite lineman. That's rocking Hawaiian shirts and Cardi A sung us as a graduation. <laughs> the big boy, Mr. Dylan Gibbons, a.k.a. Dilly G. You know, I, we have Philly G from, from Notre Dame from one foot down. We have Dilly G, the the heart and soul, I think, right now of our offensive line. Because DLT, unfortunately, he's not the same player. And thankfully, Dylan Gibbons is there to kind of like lighten the load and actually be someone sort of a mentor to younger players like a Mo Smith, like a Robert Scott like Darius Washington, and also with DLT there, too. So he's definitely going to be my... He might be both unsung hero and trench, for, trench monster, for my personal opinion, because I just love what he's okay. brought to the team. And you just see how in every time where you show me the play where he he pulls out and goes to the right side, goes to the left side, the athleticism and kind of like even when he's hurt like that with a lower ankle injury, I think that's what it was. That's the um, issue that he's having. Yeah. I'm not 100% sure, but to fight through that and still perform very well, that to me is just a... He's a dog, man. He's my boy. Yeah. No, hey, man. I, I think that that is a great, great award. Mine I'm going to give out is Darius Washington. Um, you know, I, I he's not really an unsung hero. I Sorry, I did pull up his numbers just because I wanted to make sure I got it right. He's taken 669 nice, nice. snaps on the year as a blocker, the most of anyone. Jesus. Yeah, the most of anyone on the team. Number two is Robert Scott at 565. So he has 105 more snaps than the second most snaps on the team uh, from a block as a blocker. That is 77.1 grade from PFF in the pass block. He's allowed zero sacks on the year. He's only allowed nine hurries. Um, 365 of those have been at left tackle, 292 at right tackle. Maybe that's more of an unsung hero. I, I I mean, he really doesn't get enough love, so he gets my MVP award. And then because I kind of debated going back and forth on this, if you don't mind me going first on this one, my unsung hero is my man, Bavion Johnson. I think that Bavion, look, I just, I respect the grind, all right? As someone who went to college for six years, it's hard to be in college for six years because you get to a point, don't laugh, where, that's like, he's a 23-year-old man. He knows he's probably not going to the NFL. And he's like dealing with 18-year-old kids and he's sitting in biology on a Tuesday instead of being out there making money and advancing his career. That's not easy. You do that for the love of the game and to honor a commitment you made six years ago to the Florida State Seminoles. He had to go through three coaches, never really got a fair shake, couldn't figure the snapping out, and he's done what's asked of him. He's humbled himself. He's been willing to play guard. And he's, exactly. And he's, you know, he's been a, 
He has been a serviceable ACC guard, which, yeah, we want better at Florida State, but for a kid that, you know what, could have quit on this team a long, long time ago, um, props to him for sticking it out. That is my unsung hero. Drake, who's the unsung hero for you? It was Dylan Gibbons, man. I legitimately oh, okay. doing the two. Okay. Yeah, 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 I think I think for me, like he does so much stuff that we don't we don't accolades, dude. Bro, like I said, man, if you rock Cartier sunglasses before your commitment on graduation day with that smile, and then he does the big man big heart with Josh Newberg two four seven sports. Yep. He does the bring Timothy to tally. Like he like to me, he does so much on and off the field that quite honestly, my personal opinion, as a fellow thick boy, I gotta go with him. No, I love it. Um, all right, let's get over to the defense. And before we do that, real quick. Whoa, whoa, gotta... whoa, 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 whoa. You forgot the newcomer, my guy. Oh, I did, didn't I? Yeah, you did, man. Bro, come I'm get sorry. your head in the game, I'm man. I'm sorry. I did my best. Did my best. I did my best. <laughs> Old Dan Cook routine. Look it up. If you haven't seen it for you youngins out there, Dan Cook had some great bits. Look up the – anyway. Newcomer of the year, buddy. Um, if we're pinging, I guess, 1-1. I mean, for me, it's right. It's got to be Malik McLean. Do you mind if I steal him? Is that who you're going to go with? No, go ahead. I'll, okay. I'll be- I mean, Malik McLean, you know, kind of got an unfair, I think, shake because we do this to freshmen, especially early enrollees. We're like, we let them be freshmen for five minutes and then we start judging them as if they've been here for five years. And it's like, dude, for a true freshman kid out there, he had a really great year. Uh, and I'm really excited to see what he develops into in the passing game, especially in a wide receiver core that desperately needs their talent to develop. I'm interested to see what he becomes. I'm going to go with someone that actually was in the roster last year, but didn't really start playing until this year. And now it's Trayshawn Ward. I that's think that's someone one. that literally came in as a PWO under the former staff was basically Norvell didn't have to honor that sort of commitment, that sort of, you know, commitment to him to eventually get a scholarship. He got that with through hard work, dedication. There were reports of him potentially being the best running back in the room, which I was like, Okay, like I'm very optimistic with a lot of these kids, but let's slow down the brakes a little bit when you have a Jason Corbin back there. And then we saw day in and day out that he probably is the most athletically gifted of all the backs, and he has definitely brought a different wrinkle to our rushing attack. And we saw that on on Saturday too, just the way he was able to attack the linebackers in space. So to me, Trayshon Ward, while he's not the precious face in the roster, he's definitely the precious face amongst the Seminole fans, Seminole faithful. So give me Trayshon Ward for newcomer of the year. Yeah, I hey, I think that's a great one. I, you know, I think with Trayshawn, the way to put it is he is, to me, he's like the perfect second back. Like, I don't think he'd be that successful as a starter. And I don't, I can't tell you why, but he is the perfect guy to come spell your number one back and add just a little, like you said, a little different wrinkle to, to his running style, which can be super effective. Now, before we go to defense, folks, imagine this. You're standing over a ball, putt to win the tournament. You sink it, boom metal from the locked on Seminoles crew on your neck in your backswing hat falls over your eye guys you got to be able to see to sink putts and it's the same in business poor visibility because you're relying on spreadsheets and outdated finance software prevents you from seeing the full picture and you need to upgrade to NetSuite by Oracle over 27,000 businesses already use NetSuite and right now through the end of the year NetSuite is offering a one-of-a-kind financing program for those that are ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. Head to netsuites.com slash locked on NCAA for special end of year financing on the number one financial system for growing businesses. Guys, don't try to putt with the hat over your eyes. Make sure you're seeing everything that's going on in your business 
whether it's HR, planning, budgeting, or financials, at netsuite.com slash locked on NCAA. The NCAA tournament is almost here, and listening to Locked On College Basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket. So don't wait. Find Locked On College Basketball on YouTube or wherever you get your podcasts. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, here we are. We got the defense up, and I think for the defense, we're going to do it a little differently. There have been so many great players on the defense. They have come a very long way. I want some competition, and I want to know, besides Jermaine Johnson, who is your defensive MVP? My defensive MVP, I'm probably going to have to go with Jamie Robinson. And I want to say that's primarily because I we all remember the play against Jacksonville State where he basically slowed down up a little bit once Jarvis Brownlee and Sidney Williams, you know, both missed on the uh, the wide receiver. That being said, since then, he moved over to safety. He's been starting opposite of Sidney Williams and Akeem Den, who also been having a pretty good year, where he has excelled. He has been able, he's been, if you watch the game against Miami, he's calling out plays along with Kalen Delos, like putting people in position. You can see that Jarvis Brownlee and Sidney Williams and Renato Green, now that he's healthy again, they look to him for a lot of guidance in that secondary. So while Jermaine Johnson does that, you know, in the trenches with a, a Kier Thomas, a Fabian Lovett, a Robert Cooper, and Quayshawn Fuller, who we thought wasn't going to have any meaningful snaps, is doing the same damn thing because of Jermaine. And Jamie's been able to do that for the secondary players. So I think Jamie Robinson has been my defensive MVP. Yeah, no, I, look, that's a great pick. He had a phenomenal game. I mean, I, again, the weird tackle interception thing, that was fantastic against Miami. And what I loved, by the way, was seeing a bunch of dudes who started their careers elsewhere play that game like it was a Miami-Florida State game. And that's all I really need to say about that. We've hit on that a lot. But those guys, you would and that, again, is the culture of Norvell's building, right? Like those guys, you would have thought they'd been Seminoles for four years. It, it, that was cool to see. Now, I think I have an interesting one for you. I'm not going to let you just blanket this award because I want your opinion here. Mm-hmm. I've got the finalist for the Max Moody Newcomer of the Year on Defense Award. This is a very exciting award <laughs> because it means the future is bright on the defense. And I've got it narrowed down to Amarian Cooper and our boy Sidney Williams. Where are you going to go with that? That's a... Those are two freshmen. Both have stepped into really big roles this year. Both kind of came out of nowhere. They weren't they weren't lowly touted recruits, but they weren't Travis Hunter. And I'm really excited. I can't pick between them, so I need you to be the awards committee and tell me where you're going, Sidney Williams or Marion Cooper, for the Max Moody Defensive Newcomer of the Year Award. I'm going to go with Amarion Cooper because we actually talked about him over the summer you and I did uh, briefly for a little bit. He was probably one of the more defensive backs that we were super, super excited about. He's a South Florida kid, Lehigh Acres, Florida. Uh, the kid is extremely talented. The kid who we had to fight off Michigan to get him uh, back back in the spring. And to me, that's a kid that you see that he, if he was healthy, he honestly might have been starting day one, primarily because Jerry and Jones, while I think he he's a great reserve cornerback, defensive back, Omari Cooper just has a sort of different mentality when it comes to guarding. He's also a lot more athletic. He's a lot faster. And on that first down, on that first down in Miami's last drive, he pressed the crap out of Charleston Rambo. He didn't allow Charleston Rambo a damn thing at all whatsoever. And to me, that's a kid that you're going to see starting over Brownlee next year. 
primarily because I think Brownlee's future position is that safety. Now, I know Omar and Cooper, per PFF and per the game, was starting at safety. He played a majority of his snaps actually at corner. So you're going to probably see him with Kevin Knowles and also with Travis Hunter actually in that secondary starting next year. So to me, it's Amari Cooper. Sidney Williams, I think, is going to be good, not not next year, but the year after, because I think Akeem Dent, as now we've seen him fully healthy, is going to be a star, is going to be the stud that we thought was coming in, along with Sam McCall, Jamie Robinson, and Renardo Green when they're healthy. So to me, it's Amari Cooper over, over Sidney Williams. Hey man, I nothing to add to that. Really, really well put. And is it fair to say that the the future is bright in the secondary right now? I mean, when I filter by coverage snaps and I filter out linebackers and I look at the guys that had the most snaps in coverage, Jarvis Brownlee, 389, he'll be back next year. Jamie Robinson, 372, he'll be back next year. Kevin Knowles, 265 snaps in coverage, he's a freshman. Probably actually should have included him in that list, but yeah, he's a good freshman, but not, not Maximilian Newcomer of the Year award. Akeem Dent. 221 snaps in coverage. He'll be back next year. Jarian Jones, 195 snaps in coverage. He'll be back next year. So if we round up 195 to 200, we have five defensive backs that took over 200 live snaps in coverage this year. Coming back, we add Travis Hunter, the number two overall recruit in the country. Number one now. Oh, is he? Okay. Oh, he's number one now. Number one. And hopefully, depending on what happens with Bama and the offers there, we also had Sam McCall, another top five DB. That is, I, I'm not going to get into name syndrome too early. The future is very bright at DB. Last thing before we get out of here, overall, there's two games left. So at this point, preseason projections, we were projecting we'd be at five to six and a half, seven wins. Well, we did get a little hyped. We'll say we were projecting five to seven at this point. We're at four. Don't get overly pessimistic on me, but what, what grade would you give this team for the season they've put together? I'd probably give them a C. Maybe actually a C plus, if I'm being a little bit nicer, if you want me to. Like that, to me, I think is the appropriate grade because while we did lose Jacksonville State, we did beat Miami, and that was the one thing you and I harped on a lot, a lot in the offseason. And Dave was the same way. We need to beat at least one of the rivals, especially now, the stability among all three programs was coming into question entering the year. We thought Florida was going to be on top of the hill, you know, beating up Georgia, winning the SEC East, and challenging Bama for the conference. We thought Miami was turning things around with De'Eric King and Mandy is somehow still, you know, still doing great things down there. It's flip-flop now. And yep. now we guess you can showcase to recruits that after beating Miami that we're not only the best team in the state, the best program in the state, we're also the most stable. We have a foundation that actually... Like we can't be negatively recruited right now. I'm sorry. Florida is an absolute horror show. I said that yesterday. Miami is going through an entire influx. I was speaking to free friends of mine who are boosters down there. They are doing some sweeping changes right now. Boosters down there? No, there's five of them. There's five of them. Not double. Yeah, just I didn't mean to cut you off. You're in a really good point right there. Keep going. No, but like the thing is, like they're down there. They're doing sweeping changes through not only football, but with baseball and basketball with their athletic department, and also lead over to their academics. So right now, to me, that was so integral to win that game on Saturday that it has changed my perception of the team. Now, it kind of gives me a little more stock with Michael. I mean, I haven't called him Mike yet. He still hasn't. If he beats Florida, I'll go back to calling him Mike. But for right now, I think we're in a very, very good spot. And now, give me a C. 
give it a C plus. I agree. No, I, I, I agree. I think that's a very good way to put it. The thing I will say, because I like leaving people with a, oh my gosh, did he just say that take? I do wonder if recruits even remember we lost to Jacksonville State at this point. I mean, look, that feels like forever ago to us. Imagine a recruit that has six different colleges talking to him at any given time who the biggest negative recruiters that would talk about Jacksonville State were Miami and Florida, who now we just beat one of them. The other gave up 52 to Samford. So I'm not saying it shouldn't count. I'm I'm genuinely asking, and I don't know the answer. I, I really don't know if recruits even care anymore. It's like, hey, yeah, now it's a blemish on a very um, a very strong C+. Plus, CC+, plus, I agree with that grade body of work, versus it being a huge sticking point on an F minus body of work, which it was in week four. So with that guys, that's, that's how we view the season. That is our best attempt at having an objective take on how the season went, because the next two weeks, I can't lie to you. They are going to be exciting. If we win this weekend, holy cow, next Saturday is going to be nuts. If we don't, well, I can't promise there'll be a Monday episode because I will be very sad But hey, we beat Miami, so I'm going to enjoy that for two more days. I'm Max. That was Drake. Before I say it, if you're on a podcast platform, make sure you follow. Make sure you hit us with five stars. And folks, hit the bell on YouTube. And this was Locked On Seminoles. Take care, everybody. And I'll see you on Halo Multiplayer. Let's go. tournament is almost here and listening to locked on college basketball will give you the edge you need to dominate your bracket so don't wait find locked on college basketball on youtube or wherever you get your podcasts part of the locked on podcast network your team every day